BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Freckled Foodie and Friends, a podcast focused on making healthy living approachable, hosted by yours truly, Cameron Rogers. Hello, friends. Today, we're actually in Philly, thanks to my brother-in-law. So, Ashley, if you're listening to this, thank you for letting me use your apartment. But I'm super excited because I'm here with Madeline Tegg, also known as Mad About Food. Welcome. Thanks for having me. <laughs> You're so welcome. I've actually never done this where I'm like facing the person. It's oh, like we're really? on like a little dinner date. Usually we're like kind of at like a corner of a table and a side table, but we're like deadlocked on eye contact right now. Well, I'm reading a book right now about eye contact. Well, it's not about eye contact, but there's okay. a whole part about eye contact in it. And it is really uncomfortable to like stare yeah. someone into the eyes. <laughs> so I'm just going to do that the whole time. No, I totally agree. I actually noticed like lately maybe it's because I don't work in an office anymore and I just feel more uncomfortable around people sometimes that I lose eye contact in conversation I'm like why did I do that and so I've been making a conscious effort as well I think it's a generational thing or my grandparents just tell me it is Mm -hmm. no I think so because we're not we're on our phones so much more yeah do you call people on the phone I have recently started like enjoying that more than I used to Okay. When I was in corporate America, I think I was on the phone so much that I hated it. Yeah. And now it's kind of nice because I feel like my only communication, because most of my work is online, is by cell phone, you know, text message yeah. or email. Because I'm such a phone call person. Like, I, if someone wants to talk to me, I'm like, you have to call me. You think it's more efficient? Uh, yeah. I, I just hate texting, especially from my phone. If I'm texting you, 75% of it is being done by my laptop. Oh. Like... Major, major majority is on my laptop. And then if I'm having like a conversation, I call. But anytime I'm walking somewhere, like I call my mom every morning. But then I also have like a group of friends that I just will call yeah. sporadically. I call my mom every single day. Yeah. She doesn't always pick up. And then I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> my mom will pick up and she's like, I'm in Pilates. What's up? I'm like, why are you answering your phone? Call me back later. She's like, I'm in yoga. Do you need me? I'm like, no, but I'm very concerned for the people next to you in yoga. Um, okay. Anyway, welcome. Thank um, you. So we are recent. I, I guess I was trying to think, when did we meet first? I think we met very briefly at a um, Emmys Organics event. That's what I was like thinking in Philly. That in era. Philly. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. Um, but I've been admiring your page for a long time. Madeline is the voice behind Mad About Food. Um, it's a great, very inspiring page that does a ton of – you do really good like video content in addition, like the 
not what's it called like the fancy hand like you know? tasty yeah style, exactly I think is what people are calling it I love it and the actual lunchbox broken out meal I think that really draws the eye thank personally. you personally yeah um so we have a lot to discuss but to kick it off how would you define success See, I listen to your podcast, and I know these things are coming, and then I'm just not ready. That's what everyone says now. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, but that's a good thing, because I didn't want people, like, I don't want people to prepare, so I appreciate that you're not prepared. Okay. Um, very similar to, I guess, a lot of what your guests have said, where you grow up with this one notion of mm-hmm. success, and then the real world kind of smacks you in the face, and you have to decide yeah. something different about it. Um, so... I think lately it's been a lot of feeling like at the end of the day, I not only accomplished like my number one thing on my to-do mm-hmm. list, because I think sometimes the thing that's number one on your to-do list isn't your favorite thing to do, yeah. <laughs> but that like if the one thing on my to-do list was kind of a, like a bummer to get done mm-hmm. I, I put something else in there that like excites me and I think oh, that's, that's good I like that that's what mad about food has always been like when I was in corporate America mm-hmm. if I had a really bad day I came home and I cooked a really good meal and I couldn't really like define success by my job because I hated it mm-hmm. and so having something else and now that I do more mad about food stuff I have to find like other things that make yeah. me fulfilled and so success has come like hand in hand with fulfillment a little bit for me. Okay. I like that a lot. And I actually was just talking to someone recently about how right now there's a big push for like find what you love and make it your job. And I kind of disagree. I think if you are passionate about something that you can turn into a business, that's awesome. And if you have the means to do it, do it. But I also feel like sometimes when you love something and then it becomes work, you're like, fuck, I hate this. Yeah. Do you feel that way ever? Yeah, all the time. And I've gone through like a long arc of what I want to do in Mm -hmm. terms of food. Um, So last summer, I think actually around the time that we met, I was working three jobs actually. And one of them was working in a kitchen, um, like actually being a line cook. Yeah. And when I went in to do that and I quickly realized I hated it, mostly because of the environment. Mm -hmm. I draw off a lot of other people's energies, not in like such a woo-woo way, but I think we all do. Mm -hmm. And it was a really negative energy in the restaurant I was in. So maybe I could have tried another one, but that's a whole tangent to say when I wanted to like give up on it, um, my dad was kind of like, well, sometimes your passions should not be your jobs. Yeah. And he, and I, I kind of agreed with that a lot. And I think that it's my advice to, my sister's friend groups who are in college or just graduated in co- from college and they're mm-hmm. all like freaking out that either they're going into a job they're not super excited about or they don't know what to pick as a major in college and being four years beyond them I say you know sometimes a nine to five where you can totally shut off at five is really valuable yeah also the payroll, the paid time off, the yeah. benefits, like yeah. having not, friends at work. That's not to go overlooked. I was having a conversation with a younger girl recently who was saying, like, I don't know what to go to college for, or what to study, because I'm so encouraged by like all of these food pages I follow and I have my own. And I was like, you don't even know if Instagram's going to be around by the time you graduate college. Like who we didn't Instagram wasn't a thing. When we were in high school, so I would have never imagined I'd be doing this. Or if it was, I didn't know what it was. Well, I'm older than you. But for me, no, it wasn't there. I started my Instagram account in 2011. Not mad about food, but just like yeah. personal. 
I think that was the first year it came out, and that was my freshman year. Of college. Yeah, okay. So it was so not it was, around yeah, high school. It was like my junior year. Um, but even if it were, I think that it's very glorified um, from an outsider's perspective of like, oh, they get to cook all day in their kitchen and wear sweatpants and take photos of food. And oh, wow, that's amazing. I'm like, okay, we don't, sh- like, I, we try to show the shit, but you're never going to be in someone's me. head of what showing the shit. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, well, I'm just kind of like, I share, sometimes I share too much. <laughs> I'm an open book. But I think it's just, no matter what, you're never going to be in someone's head and know the struggles financially, like emotionally, with relationships. There's so much shit that goes into it all that's not shown no matter what. And that's not to say that shit doesn't go into corporate jobs either because that's not shown. But I just feel like the glorification sometimes is a little much. Yeah, I get... um I get questions, not a lot, but mm-hmm. um, every once in a while. Like, you know, how did you get into this? What advice would you have for yeah. someone who wants to do this full-time? I don't do it full-time yet, but partial time. Um, how do you, who, what advice do you have for someone who wants to do blogging or Instagramming mm-hmm. as a job? And I always tell them, first and foremost, Instagram could disappear tomorrow, so don't hang your hat on it. Yep. I mean, I kind of have, and I'm kicking myself for not being more proactive. But my other thing would be, you know, Pick something that you would do if someone wasn't going to pay you a dollar ever in your life to do it. Because mm-hmm. um, I think I was kind of happier with with Mad About Food and posting on Instagram when I wasn't making a dollar. Making off money, of it. yeah, yeah. Well, because it's also like the money then turns into oh, I have to. It's kind of like what we just talked about when you walked in here. I was like, I'm really fucking stressed. I feel like I have 20 different things to do, and they're just not going to get done. And that to me is a nightmare. And, like, the second money gets into it, it's the brand partnerships. It's the deadlines. And it's the, oh, shit, this is work, and I really have to do it. It's not like, oh, let me just cook up a delicious meal and, like, post it if I feel like it. Yeah. Which is what it used to be. Yeah. And there's no one to clean up your mess if you screw up. Yeah. Which was not something that, like, you should publicize about a job in corporate America, but it did kind of – I was a consultant, so I always had a team. Mm -hmm. And if something went wrong, it was never just on your shoulders. Yeah, So when you're a solo entrepreneur, it's all on your shoulders, and no one really understands unless they do the exact same job as you. Yeah. So – I've never thought about that, but I was very quick to raise my hand and be like, I fucked up. Now what? At work, like back in my old job. And I still will say that, but I think there's way more weight that comes with that fuck up. Yeah. Than like someone having your back and be like, it's okay, I've been there, don't worry. Yeah, and you don't know what reaction you're going to get. Yes. Because I will reach out to brands and say, I screwed up, my content calendar is screwed up, I'm so sorry, mm-hmm. give me two more days. And some of them say, great. And some of them say, no, goodbye, you've, you've breached the contract. And then yeah. that's it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a tough one. <laughs> Where do you see Mad About Food going? Um, I love the video stuff. I mm-hmm. started doing that because I did admire the Tasty videos and Pinch of Yum. Yeah. Does really great video content. Um, so I kind of want – I felt stagnant in what I was doing, mm-hmm. so I moved on to video for that reason. Um, so more of that definitely I'd like to do. And long term, I really want it to be a place where people come for recipes. I don't want to be an influencer, if yeah. that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, when I look at the things that really like bring me down in my day to day, it is those kind of like having to post about a product mm-hmm. because I need to make a living off of this. I'd really like my living to come from my recipes yeah. on my website cookbook someday like really mm-hmm. I want to be known at like Pinch of Yum is about their content more than the 
person who I yeah. am. Like more recipe development than lifestyle. Yeah. And not that the like collaborations with brands on your Instagram are technically lifestyle, quote unquote, but I just kind of like lump it. it you know it, what yeah. I mean? And it, it's it, the interesting thing is like I just got off the phone with a company today and when I signed the contract, it was, hey, make us two recipes. And now mm-hmm. it's, hey, make us one recipe as well as one photo of you holding the item. Yeah. And I can't say no now because I'm in. I'm already mm-hmm. in. But that makes me uncomfortable a little bit. And it's just not who I am as a person. And when well, you I... you could push back and say the original <laughs> contract said this. Right, right. I could. But I... I didn't. That's <laughs> fine. And, I'm not, and I won't. But, but I think that's really made... This, this week in particular, getting me on an interesting week. Yeah. Um, of this week in particular, looking at the future of my business. And I really, really am trying to work smarter, not harder, and mm-hmm. create a business that I could walk away from for three weeks. Yep. And it could live on its own. So that that means residual income from things like cookbooks, ebooks, mm-hmm. and ads on my website. Yeah. Um, if you are relying on brand partnerships, you can't walk away from this for three weeks because no. you lose out. Yeah, I totally agree. And regarding like then wanting it to be more recipe than lifestyle do you feel and I ask because I it's I'm taking an interesting turn on mine as well or just a different mindset but do you feel uncomfortable sharing so much of your life or is it just like you love the food aspect more um yes and no it's it's I notice that if I share more of my life people are more interested in Mm -hmm. my page and um my stories get higher views and my you know, photos get yeah. more engagement, but I also get that negative backlash mm-hmm. every time I share more about my life. Um, I, you know, so for me to protect myself, sort of, yeah, I think moving away from sharing so much about myself right now, that's how I'm yeah. feeling. And I do feel like it's a little bit unfair to a future child or a future I spouse. I think about that a lot sometimes. And I think it's, you know... It's interesting because I was reading comments on an influencer's post who took time off. And a lot of the comments are like, why haven't you told us what happened? Where are you? And I'm like, why do you think that she needs to tell you? And I don't, I'm not saying like, whatever, I'm not going to get into the person's page. But I just think it's a very fine line of you want to share stuff about yourself because that is where you're able I find to connect the most with your audience and people are just downright nosy so yes engagement numbers whatever are higher but in the same sense like we're still people and we're allowed to keep shit to ourselves and you're allowed to not have to share every detail and I think there is a whole very fine line to walk of like the family aspect, the significant other, that I think a lot about what how I'm going to handle my page when I have a child. Yeah. I have that conversation with my mom a lot. And I don't know about you, but like Joe is way more private than me. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Amy's funny. She doesn't mind yeah. it. And she, she'll like hop on my stories mm-hmm. with me. But I think for me, it's more of the, I hate that I have this little voice in the back of my head now that's like put this on your stories. Mm-hmm. Like today um, is like we're recording on Christmas in yeah. July. So I walked into the house today and my girlfriend was playing Christmas music and like mm-hmm. dancing around with the dog. And I was like, this is so cute. I should put it on my stories. And I was like, "What? why can't this just be our moment where we yeah. have a moment where we listen to Christmas music in July and it's, you know, my little family's doing that. Mm-hmm. And that's the part that I don't want to forever be that person who's like, 
Oh, let me get oh, my, my phone. followers might like to see this. Yeah, I get that. And I was actually Joe. This happened to me. Joe was doing something funny, and he also just is different because he doesn't have social media, so he has n- never felt that like, oh, I should put this up. So it's it's actually very refreshing because it really puts things in perspective for me of like, oh, that's how my brain should be working. And yeah. he was doing something funny the other night, and I took out my phone to record him for me because I know he doesn't like to be on my stories, and it was really just a video for me to watch because I think he's entertaining. And he's like, hey, put your phone away. And I was like, it's just for me, I swear. And he's like, no, seriously. He was reading this Howard Stern book, and he's like, Howard Stern was saying, and I guess he did think I was doing it for my followers but whatever he's like Howard Stern was saying I went through this phase of my life where I was like I have to share everything everyone my audience really cares they're going to be engaged they want to know and the less I shared the more I realized like I was sharing the absolute important things and that's what they cared about like they don't care about every single fucking detail yeah no I I, that's such a hard thing to figure out also because I don't I'm not Howard Stern so I don't know that like (laughs) like the things that he's doing are so important yes so maybe in like five years like where is my importance and where is not like to me right now I'm like oh here's my egg method yeah and that seems important but it is important your eggs are gorgeous (laughs) but thank you but then right so it's like where do I draw the line between what's important and what's not and maybe the answer is that I have a personal Instagram account and start sharing on that. But do I you don't. ever share? Because I share shit, nothing on my personal account. I always joke that I had like two personalities, like Mad About Food and MTeg One, and then I had to kill MTeg One because it was like too yes, I'm too with overwhelming. You. So I don't have that account anymore. Okay, um, I have mine, but I never post. Wait, so do you follow your like real world friends? I follow everyone. So now on people are going to get mad at me because people will get mad at me when I don't That's follow okay. them on Mad About Food. But I, if I follow you, it's only on Mad About Food. Oh, wow. Okay. And I... Because I don't follow anyone that's not food or like Instagram. My, I feel like I have two lives, you know? Well, so I, I felt that way and then I had to integrate them. And I actually like my feed a lot better now because it was like this comparison game all day long. Mm-hmm. And this, um, um, like a basically, I think your, creati- your creativity goes into a vacuum when you're comparing yourself to everybody else. No, I agree. And even if you're not even actively comparing, you're just seeing things. Exactly. Well, I told you, I mute majority of the world. Yeah. <laughs> I need to do more. But Which now is my, really great. Now my feed is a mix of like real life people I know, maybe some like artists or architects who I admire, mm-hmm. and then majority food people. Like if I follow 700 yes. people, 500 of them are food. Okay. But at least I have that mix of like, oh, here's my cousin at the prom. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. That is nice. I like taggle between the two profiles, mm-hmm. but my posting on Camox Rogers is really down compared to what it used to be. Well, now I run my dad's company's Instagram page as well. Oh, so you've got so too So I would many. be toggling between three and that seems like... That's a little outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> I think my brain would go to mush. Yeah. Um, so because we were talking about Amy and Joe, I do want to talk about relationships and also sharing stuff because I can also imagine, and I don't mean to import this on you, but I feel like because... The messages you receive when you said you like, you know, the more you share, the more like backlash you get sometimes. Do you get backlash for being in a relationship with a female? Because that would shock me. But then in the same sense, I'm like, I guess there are some crazy people out there who are just so behind the rest of the world. So now I'm going to backpedal on what I said earlier a little bit only because I do have to say when I started sharing more about my relationships, um, my like my earlier relationships 
I don't think stories existed in my earlier relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, They're kind of new, which is wild to yeah. think about Instagram without stories. And I hated it storying at first, yeah. and now it's such like a big part of Instagram. But um, so I think those girlfriends showed up like if I ever maybe posted them on my feed physically. Mm-hmm. But um, then when I so when I started dating Amy, it was. M- the first time I was really open with sharing. Yeah. Here's my girlfriend. Here's me and my girlfriend doing things together. Mm-hmm. Um, and here's how me and my girlfriend present in the world. Um, mm-hmm. Cause that's a huge thing with gay people. And so um, can I, you dive into that? Because I'm not sure I know what you mean. Okay. So um, meaning that like certain women are a more feminine gay. Oh, okay. And some got are it, more, more like, um, I don't want to like use terms, but, but some people like enjoy the term like butch or masculine mm-hmm. woman. Um, and when I first started sharing that, I got the sweetest, longest message from this girl that was like, um, you're the first feminine, fitness, health-minded Instagram who's also a le- in a lesbian relationship. I agree. Who I've seen. You know, we have like yeah. Jillian Michaels. <laughs> like literally, <laughs> like there is not a lot in like the fitness and health world. Yeah. Um, and so when she shared that, I started sharing more about mm-hmm. um, about my, my relationships and I – then I continued to get really positive feedback from young women who mm-hmm. are saying like, I haven't come out to my family yet, or my sister hasn't come out to my family yet. What can you advise? Or, yeah. and that part of it has been wonderful. And especially because a lot of it's just gone down in my DMs secretly. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, cause I like to start the pot and yeah. let's push the boundaries. I posted a photo of Amy and I kissing. I remember this. And that's why I was like, I remember when you get, I was looking at the comments and like, what the fuck is wrong with people? Yeah. I almost went off on one and person. It's funny that posts like went a little bit viral mm-hmm. as, as like certain Instagram posts do, you know, like you'll post something and it'll get a hundred likes mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden the next one has 5,000. And that's what happened with that post. Yeah. Um, because of whatever reason. Mm-hmm. And so I actually, um, it was when my girlfriend had first come out to her parents. That's the reason I posted it. And it was kind of like, I'm oh, so Amy? proud of you. Yes. Oh, wow. Um, and so it was more like, I'm so proud of you. And she's been very out in her life, just not to her family. And mm-hmm. so um, I posted, like, you know, how fun for you to be out to your family. And, mm-hmm. like, here's a kissing photo because yeah. whatever. Also, and why not? Like, people post fucking kissing photos all the time on Instagram. You don't have to Right. Like, straight, straight kissing photos are exactly. pretty, like, prevalent on my feed. And I'm it's not like, I'm, I'm not excited to see them, but I don't post, post hate on them. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, I posted it. We had like a little celebration that night. And mm-hmm. so I posted probably like nine o'clock at night and put my phone down. And then uh, I, we had a flight the next morning. So I'm sitting in the airport like, oh, what is going on? And I got a text from my little sister's boyfriend who is like, he's hilarious. He's like the, um, like, what would you call it? Anti-LGBT police. Like mm-hmm. if someone's being homophobic on my page, he's like right after them. So he sent me a text. <laughs> I, I was it. like, sorry, Mad, I had to do it. And I was like, what did you do, Timmy? Yeah. And I looked and he was like attacking back at everyone who had attacked me. And I weirdly just got the chills. <laughs> just because I think it, like family stuff like that really makes me happy. And he's a 21-year-old boy or yeah. was at the no, time. I love and I feel like, like this. Yeah, yeah. like okay. that was so sweet yeah. that he was doing it. And, um, and... I started reading and almost every single hateful comment had like six or seven comments back to mm-hmm. the person defending me. And um, I just didn't touch it. I never, I, I, re- I replied to one girl because something she said was misinformed. Mm-hmm. And so I corrected her on just like 
the proper term. Um, but other than that, I didn't comment back on anyone and mm -hmm. all of it kind of took care of itself. Like quite a few of the hateful comments got deleted by the original poster, yeah. not by me because they couldn't handle the hate back Coming at back. them for being homophobic. The well-deserved yeah. yeah. So that was kind of like as much as, of course, as soon as you read it, you I'm a very defensive person, mm -hmm. so I get my back up right away as soon as I read it. But it was kind of like just serendipitous how it happened that I was sleeping while a lot of it happened and then on a plane for a while a lot of it happened. So I couldn't mm -hmm. even be involved if I wanted to. Yeah. And so like my really like my friends and family and not even that like strangers on the Internet like took care of it yeah. for me. I mean, that's honestly the best type of situation because I know I would have had a really hard time biting my tongue, mm -hmm. but nothing really good ever comes out of the reaction. No. And then I put on my stories, I think like 24 hours later, like, thank you for the support mm -hmm. because the support far outweighed the negative. Yeah. Um, and the second thing I said was like, clearly these images are not prevalent enough in the mainstream clearly. media that like people are so shocked by two women kissing that like good for you know, good for us that we were able to show this. And hopefully, you know, if the person was angry in the moment or has these, I think it's a lot of fear, like people fear mm -hmm. of the un unknown. Um, if it's foreign to them and they're fearful of it, maybe seeing more of it will kind of make it more normal for them. I totally agree. And I guess my other question is like, or not question, but comment regarding what you were saying. I think my whole mission on this platform and why I love my Instagram, but really the podcast is to help people and engage with people and connect with people on a deeper level. I felt like that was lacking on Instagram, just be really because you are limited to a certain amount of seconds on a video to talk. And I rather would talk than write, um, but trying to make topics more approachable and help others. And so I had asked you before you came on, I'm not like just bombarding you with these questions, but I really wanted to get into the conversation of coming out, being an openly gay woman, you know, how you manage relationships with your family, friends, like if there were anything that occurred during that phase of actually like presenting yourself as I'm a lesbian, but I think it can help so many people because you're such a strong and empowered and brilliant female to get out and have you have a platform to be like yeah I'm gay I'm proud whatever like there shouldn't ha I would love if we lived in a world where you didn't have to quote-unquote come out it's just like yeah that's kind of like how you my don't girlfriend come out felt. as straight right and that's why you she know? it took it taken her so long to come out because she genuinely feels like why do I have to um I kind of agree <laughs> I mean I get saying like it's fine like we should just be able to say oh this is my girlfriend yeah, and I think that the beautiful thing for me about coming out and talking to so many people about mm -hmm. it is that my younger cousins, who are like still in high school right now, they were kind of so unfazed by it. Yeah. Like my aunt wanted to be like, girls, just so you know, Madeline has a girlfriend, mm -hmm. not a boyfriend. And they were like, mm -hmm, cool, we saw it on Instagram. Like, yeah, they like who cares? were unfazed by it. Um, and I think that's something that's really hopefully will continue with mm -hmm. the younger the people are that it won't really be like a question or this huge thing and I think it will be really liberating for people on all ends of the spectrum like I always talk about how I feel really lucky that this is what I feel and mm -hmm. and who yeah. I am um, I think there are like way harder things in life than being gay mm -hmm. um, on the like sexuality and gender spectrum and so I hopefully if we can at least get on board with 
you know, <laughs> two women kissing on Instagram, yeah. the whole like running the gamut of things will become just more so much more normalized and young kids will feel okay to be like, mm, uh, everyone tells me I'm a girl, but I think I'd like to dress this way. And that doesn't mean like this huge life altering thing for the family. It just yeah. means that's what their kids are doing. A hundred percent. And it's the same way of like, it doesn't have to be, my aunt was, I was just talking about this with a family member because a friend of her child came out and she was like, it was so nice because he just was like, oh yeah, I'm gay. And that was it. And she's like, I remember when I was young, my friend came out and he had to go on what we called like a coming out parade because he had to literally go to every person in his life. And it was such an ordeal and say like, okay, sit down. Like I am gay because at the time it was not as common, I guess, or accepted. But now it's just like, yeah, I'm gay, whatever, who cares? Yeah, I had a little bit of that I was parade ask, information. When did you come out? <laughs> so I think the reason I like always related to your page is like, you're very, what you see is what you get. And mm-hmm. that's how I am too. And I don't keep secrets from anyone in my life. I physically can't. Yeah, I cannot. <laughs> so I was dating a woman in Atlanta for like a couple months. And then I went home for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't be around my family and like keep the secret. When was this? Um... I was right after college, so okay. 2015, um, and I was like 22, 23, and I came out to my parents around Thanksgiving, and then went back to, and it wasn't really a big deal. It was like my parents were getting ready for bed. I went into their room. I said, like, "Hey, just so you know, I'm dating someone in Atlanta, and it's a woman." Like, mm-hmm. I didn't even say I was gay because I wasn't sure that that yeah. was the truth for me. And my dad made a joke and my mom like spit her toothpaste out in the mirror because of my dad's (laughs) joke. And then like we all moved on. Um, And I knew my parents would be really like they would be pretty much my easiest hurdle, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think is very super lucky that that's my situation. Um, And then then the the parade kind of started where like Mm -hmm. I had to tell everyone and. I did this thing that wasn't really fair to the people who I did it to, but I would like be in a room. So let's say like, you know, I'm gay, but a third person in the room doesn't, I'd like bring you into it and be like, so, um, Joe, let me tell you something. And then you have to like be there for my coming out. And, like, <laughs> oh my God. And so I did that like with all my siblings. I did that with a lot of friends. I did that with, and then at that point, my dad got really into coming out for me. And that was like mm-hmm. the best thing ever. He was like, can I tell your grandparents? Can I tell your aunts and uncles? Can I tell all these people? That's and amazing. Like, Go that he loved it, it so much. Dad. And he was yeah. like excited to share the news. Mm-hmm. And then. Not that he shouldn't be. I didn't mean it in that way. No, but just but, having the support. Yeah. He like, he, I don't know. He's very interesting about it. Mm-hmm. Um, we kind of all, like everyone in my family, when we, when something new comes up, we all kind of deal with it with humor so Mm -hmm. like the first time I bring my girlfriend around my family or whatever we like joke about it Mm -hmm. and it's not hurtful but it makes it so much less awkward yeah that that this is not the norm for my family right Mm -hmm. and so and then after that I was moving back I had been out for probably a year and a half and at this point were you like still considering the idea of seeing men or were you sold on like no, no oh yeah after I dated my first girlfriend like after we broke up I had this moment where I was like maybe it was just her yeah and I um went on the dating apps and like just put my preference as male mm-hmm. and I was like no this is no. really awful because yeah well <laughs> yes I do believe like I'm someone that believes that there are people like 
I do think that people are solely like, no, I'm into men or no, I'm into females. But I think a large population is just like, I'm into whoever the fuck I love. Yeah. And it could be a man. It could be a female. It doesn't matter. And I think people on both sides of the spectrum might fall in that gray area, but it's just less discussed. If yeah. that makes sense. We were talking about our favorite podcasts yesterday. Mm-hmm. And one I didn't say, which I don't say a lot on my Instagram because it, it's like a sex and relationships podcast. Mm-hmm. But um, the Savage Love Cast, I don't know if you've ever no, heard of I it. Haven't. But it's run by this amazing gay man who lives in um, the Pacific Northwest. And he's done a love and advice column forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't, he takes, he fields questions from all genders and sexualities like it's mm-hmm. not just gay questions um yeah but he he's opened my eyes to like there's so much beyond just like oh i'm bisexual or whatever like there's this part of me that's like y- yeah i fall in love with men in the way that like there are men who i companionately like get along mm-hmm. so well with and i could and when i was coming out that was really hard because i was like but I thought I could date him. And yeah. Like, Did you he, have past boyfriends that you were I've like, never had like a serious boyfriend. Okay. I had like boyfriends when I was like seventh like, grade. Yeah. Because like, I always wonder count. that if if people ever feel like, but I did love them too. A lot of the women I've dated have had serious boyfriends with mm-hmm. like, you know, years of dating and, and yeah. saying I love you and all of that. And I think that's almost harder for the person, like the guy. I agree. Than it is for the woman. Because I think... Again, I haven't been in that situation, so I'm imparting a bit. But I feel like they probably did love the men. They just didn't know the type of love that was accessible, which they then found with females. Does I think that it's make the sense? same thing as loving two people and like your journey of finding the person the, you want to marry, one. or if, if that's something you even want ever. Like I think mm-hmm. there are people who just seriously date their entire lives and don't want to get married. Yeah, um, it's different kinds. Like I know for me that I've had you know, probably three very serious loves and it's different kinds of loves. And mm-hmm. I think women I've talked to who now date, or I have a friend who used to date women and now she dates men. And so, you know, people who go back and forth or yeah. like you said, like it's just kind of in the moment who, who they mm-hmm. fall in love with. I think it's just a different kind of love the same way. I agree. If you were always a straight woman who dated men, every man would be a different kind yeah. of love. And I feel like I cut you off on a story, but now I'm trying to Oh, so anyway, I'll just, this is my like, you know, end of my parade, coming out parade is that I was moving back to Philadelphia from Atlanta. So I've been Mm -hmm. out for like two years in Atlanta. The beauty of being away from home um, was that I kind of like walked down the street and hold my girlfriend's hand and know Mm -hmm. that like my mom's best friend from tennis isn't going to drive by and be like, there's Madeline Tegg and she's gay. Um, (laughs) But then I was coming, right. And then I was coming home and I was like, oh shoot I'm gonna have to like you know live my life in Philly and I want to be out and Mm -hmm. I don't want to go back into the closet yeah so I just did a little like Instagram post where I just take a selfie of me and I was like you know I'm gay some Mm -hmm. of you know some of you don't but um I'm really big on like it doesn't change who I am it's just a piece of me and Mm -hmm. I got really like a very good response about that mixed response I had a couple of relatives who hadn't been told and were very upset to learn the news on the internet so kind of back to our original conversation of like how much do you share about yourself and for me it was a very selfish like this is an easy way to tell I think I had like 5,000 followers at that time yeah like this is a very easy way to tell 5,000 people Mm -hmm. and I don't have to go and like jump from door to door and tell them and then I did kind of miss out on those people who wanted to hear it from you I, it's tough because I get both sides like I feel like sometimes when I hear news on the internet I think it's more just 
I think it has less to do with the fact that you're gay. I actually think it has nothing to do with the fact that you're gay. I think it has more the fact to do with people like to feel included mm-hmm. or thought of, I guess. Yeah. And so I, this is not the same, but when we got engaged, one of my friends who I'm very close with had always said to me, like, my biggest fear is that I'm going to find out you're engaged through an Instagram post. And I'm like, that would never happen in a million years. And I remember when we, which is, this is so like a 2018, 2019 problem. But when we got engaged, there were a lot of people around us. And I was like, can no one post anything? Because like, there are people who aren't here that I want to call. Like a lot of my close friends weren't there. Some of my cousins, you know, and it was hard because I was, so overwhelmed in that moment where I was listening through my head like who do I need to call but then I'm also like fuck I don't want to spend my whole in day I just got engaged calling people right um I like the idea of like a secret engagement yeah and I don't know that I'd ever be able to like orchestrate this at this point in my life yeah um but I do like when I see you know even if it's a real person i know in life mm-hmm. not an instagram person yeah, yeah, yeah. who are like we got engaged on friday and now it's tuesday and we had this blissful like three days of just yeah i'm I really the total opposite of that yeah like total opposite there were 30 people at my house when we came back up from the beach which I, is what i joe did the proposal that i had always said i like this is not he threw the most incredible proposal i could have ever dreamt of like absurd but then looking back, a part of me is like, I was so overwhelmed. I remember in the moment of like, you're feeling so many emotions and then to be surrounded by so many people. But then the other part of me is like, if I did it all over again, I would want that exact thing, same thing. I think there are two kinds of people. I was yeah. just, two of my best friends are getting married in the fall. So both the bachelorettes are this summer and I mm-hmm. just went on one and we were in an Uber and one girl who's soon to be engaged. She's not one of my close friends, but um she was cracking me up because she was like, I don't even want to see my husband on our wedding day. Like, screw him. Blah, blah, blah. Like, I'm going to have, I have to spend the rest of my life with that guy. And she actually didn't just say that guy. Like, she's really yeah. went off. And I'm the new in that moment. Like, I'm the total opposite where on my wedding day, I'm going to be like, seeing other people overwhelms me. And I just want to be with, you know, I my did partner. not leave Joe's side. Yeah. Like, did not leave his side. And, I'm the same way as you. Our engagement party, everyone says like during these phases of your life, like the celebrations, if you lose each other, then you never find each other again, like at the parties. And it's so true because everyone wants to talk to you. So So at our engagement party, it was all of our friends. We lost each other. He was in like the back. I was in the front. I found him at the end of the night absolutely trashed, um, which was not fun. But then like at the wedding, we agreed. It was more just like, you're the person I want to spend this whole night with. And at the rehearsal dinner welcome party situation, my sister actually has these videos of us and like we're dancing and like people keep coming up to us to try to dance with us and we're just like not even acknowledging them. And she's like, hey assholes, there are other people (laughs) here. Can you chill the fuck out? But at the wedding, like we made it a pact that we wouldn't separate because once you do, it's a fucking line of people that want to grab you. I thought that you meant that on like a really philosophical level. Oh no, not at all. But like I kind of (laughs) thought that like during your engagement period, if you guys like lose each other and you're not on the same page, like you're what, you're like married life together isn't going to work out. And I was like taking notes. I was like, okay. Okay, So I have to always stay by. No, we're very independent, but it's the same thing. It's like, you know, we live, separate lives and the fact that we're independent people and I really appreciate that we have our own groups of friends and yes they totally overlap and our friends love each other but I would never hold him back from doing like 
a guy's night out. And similarly, I would never want to be held back from not doing stuff with my friends. Yeah. But then we make a very conscious effort to spend time one-on-one because it's really hard and with our work when it's hard to shut off work. Yeah. And I don't know what Amy does, but Joe can work late some nights. He can travel a lot for work. And then we just have like – I don't know. I'm always busy. I don't know what I'm doing. It's social. I I honestly wish I knew. Weeks go by and I'm like, where have I been? Yeah. No, this week is definitely a what happened this week. week. But she's a nurse, so – even though, like, mentally I don't think you shut off work, yeah. you physically shut off work when you leave mm-hmm. if you're a nurse. So, And then she works three days a week and she's off four. So oh, very nice. when she's off, she's so off that she, like, is vocally upset about how much I work. Yeah, and it's hard really for good for me. No, I mean, it's mm-hmm. hard for me in the moment that when I'm, like, because I'm dramatic and I always think I'm being attacked. <laughs> so I'm like, are you breaking up with me? <laughs> Back off. But it's good in the way that she reminds me. Like like you just said, like, what did I do this week? And a lot of it, what am I even doing on those moments? Like, yeah. I'm probably trying to get Pinterest pins up or like <laughs> add alt tags to, a, to the SEO for my blog. And it's like, yeah, in the moment that seems important. But in the mm-hmm. grand scheme, I should sit down and watch, you know, TV with her or, or cook dinner together. Yeah. It's like I just texted Joe. I was like, I'm so overwhelmed with so much work. And he's like, okay, well, what do you actually have? And I was like, well, I ha- I'm stressed that I've recorded three episodes for my podcast. I haven't edited them yet. And he's like, you have until next Friday to edit the one you need. And I was like, oh, no, next Friday and the Friday after that and the Friday after that are already done. He's like, shut up. And then. you don't need any of them. Like, go enjoy yourself. <laughs> do yeah. not. And it's really hard to shut off work, when, it's- especially when someone's telling you. Mm-hmm. And it, but it's also nice to have that because I come from a family of, of not really entrepreneurs, but family business owners. Mm-hmm. Um, so my dad rarely shut off work when we were kids, ever. Yeah. Um, and we kind of lived that in the, like, saw him come home and bring homework and in an angry way, bring homework. But yeah. when you're a business owner and you have 200 lives on your in your hands, you have to, you can't shut it off. Um, mm-hmm. So... Before dating Amy, I think my family kind of admired my dedication to Mad About Food, saying yeah. like, "Oh, look how many hours she spends on it." Blah blah. That's like my family and and not in a bad way, but now mm-hmm. it's nice to have someone else who's saying like, "Yes, but you need." And I think my dad's kind of coming around to this too because he did. I heard he whispered to Amy the other night like, "I'm worried about." the fact that this is a 24-7 career. Um, I love your dad. I know, he's sweet. Um, but he, she says, like, you know, shut it off. Have a weekend. I haven't had a weekend in I so long. I don't do weekends. It's, yeah. really, it's actually awful. I'm, I'm trying. I'm really trying hard. Me too. The summer's easier than the winter because then I'm like, well, there's nothing else to do but work. Yeah, but it's also like part of – so I don't know if this qualifies as work, but like planning for the week ahead, like if I don't – you know? But I don't consider that work. Yeah, that can be like an hour. But that's the thing I need to start doing is make it an hour. Because yes. do you find the spiral of like you sit down at your computer and you And done... then I don't get up five hours later. Yeah. And then I'm caught in something else. I was like, well, no, I can't get up now because I'm doing this. Yeah. I just did it this morning. Yep. I was in it right before you came. <laughs> um, regarding the – I have one more question regarding the coming out parade. Sure. Quote, unquote, that we now have labeled yeah, this. Yeah, that your aunt has given me. Yes. <laughs> but – do were there any relationships or people that were not as receptive like have any of your relationships changed because they maybe weren't as receptive or they were more receptive i think the if you asked the people they would say no our relationship mm-hmm. have changed haven't not changed but i felt it very deeply yes. with certain people um 
and it wasn't anyone who was like my best friend Mm -hmm. but it's just become like I I sh- like to share. I would tell you my deepest darkest secret mm-hmm. right now, and so it became this thing. Like I would want to share about dating, and certain friends of mine really didn't want to talk about like gay dating. It just like made them uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I grew up in a uh, interesting part of the world where you know it was a lot of white privileged people. Mm-hmm. Where and are you I from? Went, I'm from just outside of Philadelphia, like Villanova, Wayne area. Okay. So I went to all girls Catholic school mm-hmm. almost like a lot of my life. And um, that's not to say that like the whole like Catholic guilt around being gay has impacted my friends, but I just think there wasn't. There weren't gay people around? I, I didn't even like the, the fact that I, I didn't come out till I was 23 because it wasn't even a thing in my mind. It was just like, oh, I'm not really into guys. But like, there weren't any lesbians in my life. I didn't even, I knew of one relative and it was like a fable in my, you know what I mean? Like we talked about her, like she was a story, not a real person. Mm -hmm. That's so interesting. Cause I came from a very privileged white town and I, I thank my mom for this a lot. We were surrounded. It was a very interesting situation, but my mom like, we just had a lot of these female athletes at Princeton that were babysitting for us as kids. And, like, they kind of would, like, rotate out of who was the babysitter depending on the year. But then my mom became really close with them. We joke. It's, like, called a pro- – like, literally she ran, like, a program where they would come. They would babysit us. Like, my mom would help, like, talk them through life. And then my dad ended up hiring some of them. So we're very close with a lot of them. And, like, we went to their weddings. There was a whole table of them at my wedding. Like, we've remained very close. But – a lot of them were either exploring their sexuality and experimenting and bisexual or a lot of them were gay. So I grew up with all these people like, oh, yeah, they're lesbians. Like it was nothing. It just didn't seem weird. Not that it's weird. I don't know how to word this. But it just. I'm not offended. Okay. <laughs> I, it, it just <laughs> I don't was, know if a listener is. It but was I'm so not. normal to right. me. And so like I was saying this, I'm going to a lesbian wedding and I said it to someone, and someone's like, oh, I've never been to a lesbian wedding. And I was like, really? I've been to s- five, People five or six. People say that to me all the time. They're like, you better invite me to your wedding because I want to go to a lesbian wedding. And Which is so like, rude. Anyone who says that to me is not getting invited to my wedding, so first rude. of all. <laughs> so rude. Like, it's a fucking wedding. There's no difference. Right. And I'm not coming. I mean, like, I'm not performing any different way no. for you because I'm a lesbian. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was, we had, like... I know one of my neighbors who we were really close with, they had a gay uncle and he was like life of the party gay Mm -hmm. uncle. And like Will and Grace was on TV when we were younger. My favorite show. Yeah. And so I just saw like fabulous gay men and never never once a lesbian. And I, um, I have these memories of being younger and like knowing when I was younger, but never like being Mm -hmm. able to put a finger on it. Um, I was watching Rosie O'Donnell on Oprah or Ellen probably more Mm -hmm. appropriately Ellen but Rosie O'Donnell talking about coming out and um I was really young like maybe 13 or 14 and she said how she one day was driving in the car and driving the car and was like fuck I'm gay and wow and I had kind of a similar similar when I heard her say that I started crying Mm -hmm. and I don't know why as like a little kid not little but like preteen and then um and then I had kind of a similar moment, like when I came out and I was like, oh shit, I think I have a crush on her, like about just mm-hmm. one girl. And um, and all that to say, like, I think any of my upbringing 
not that my parents tried to shelter us, but I knew what gay men were and I did not know what gay women were. And I also think how they lived their lives. At that time, there weren't many, like, if you, have you watched the Ellen um, yeah. special? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, at that time, there weren't many gay women in the media. And so, therefore, there weren't a lot of gay women just out in general. Right. And, like, Ellen's show, entire show was canceled because she came out. Right. Like, it was, it, that wasn't that long ago, which is crazy to me. Yeah. Um, Megan Mullally was just on, like, the Ellen show mm-hmm. and made a joke that, like, they were friends when they were coming up in Hollywood. Yeah. And she was like, I just thought Ellen had the sweetest, nicest roommates, and they were, like, best friends. But it was, like, all her <laughs> girlfriends. So, like, I think it's That's always really been funny. this thing. And I have so many friends tell me now, like, I have an aunt who, like, has a roommate who she's lived with for 30 years. Yes. And it, it was just, yeah, like, women weren't comfortable coming out. Yeah. And I think those women who kind of, like – maybe my parents' generation or between my parents and grandparents, so they're maybe in their 50s or 60s Mm -hmm. now, kind of have never come the other way. Like, they're just going to continue living, like, with a roommate, and it's just very interesting. They're not like, oh, by the way, now I'm 60, and I'm I'm gay. It's just like, this is my kind of secret life. And would you think it's harder? Do you ever feel you're so open, so it's not like you're coming out now, but... Is there a bit of a deeper conversation when you're talking to an older generation than how you were saying, like, your cousins were just like, yeah, mom, we know, like, no one cares? Because we've grown up more open to it, especially the generation below us is now seeing people all the time. And it's like, okay, who cares if someone's gay? Yeah. I think, like, I was talking about at the beginning about presentation, so I present very Mm -hmm. female. Um, I still have guys hit on me at bars, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And so for um, those conversations with older people who are kind of strangers to me, like at, at my, my dad's company where I work, there was an older woman in her 70s, and, and she said, um, kept saying to me, I'd love to set you up with someone from my church. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> those are the conversations where, you know, I play the game in my mind of like, is it worth it? Yeah. And I just like smile and nod. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, I live with my girlfriend. But um so for those kinds of older people where it's like they won't ever be a huge part of my life so it's okay to play we all do that with anything like right when people are like oh I would love to like hire like you know have you do this is this I'm like I know this is never gonna happen so I'll just smile and nod that'd be so fun right yeah like no then with my grandparents who of course are a part of my life exactly um when I they have only ever met Amy they didn't meet my previous Mm -hmm. girlfriends but I think for um, for them to see us interact and yeah. kind of, um, I forget what my grandmother said to me the other day. Oh, she said she was complimenting me mm-hmm. and said something like, "I hope Amy notices." And I said, "She's very complimentary of me. You know, she she really is." And yeah. um, and I think that kind of made my grandparents feel good because in their mind, they're like, "The man compliments the woman." Like, mm-hmm. what is Madeline doing in her relationship? And I think they're still kind of, like, piecing it in all that together. dichotomy of, like, yeah. gender roles. And I don't mind them doing that, too. Yeah. Like people are like, oh, are you offended? So the way it's, yeah. That Sorry, they're, like, kind off. of putting Amy in, like, the male role. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't bother me, nor do I think does it bother yeah. her. It's also hard because when you're dealing with an older generation, there's so much you want to tell them, like, you can't say that anymore. Or, like, no, this is how it works now. But it's also... I think difficult for our generation to understand that they were raised in a completely different world. Yeah. And by no means does that mean that what they're saying is acceptable or right or like PC. 
But it also means that it's just going to take a little bit longer and like they might not meet you all the way, but they're hopefully trying in some sense. Yeah. And it's not even about like sexuality. It's about anything. Yeah. Like I don't want to get into politics, but that's kind of exactly. how I feel about politics yes. of like, I'm not going to, I'll go toe to toe with you. Exactly. Who's same age as me, yeah. raised, you know, around the same time period. Mm-hmm. But I won't go at my grandfather who's 80, right? Like he's and that, going that, to have it, his It opinions. just makes no sense to. No. Like you can say this is how I feel and this is why and like impart your knowledge, but I don't foresee you changing 80 years of being raised a certain way to change their mind. Unfortunately, that's just the matter of fact. Yeah. Um, and I now I'm blanking on the question I just had for you, but we can go back into – oh, if – someone is listening to this who is potentially aware personally that they are gay but has not come out or is planning to tell a loved one or friend or whatever that they are gay. Do you have any advice for them? Yeah. Um, well, if they if they aren't sure, too, I think there's that mm-hmm. period of like, mm, how do I feel yeah. about this? I had a friend tell me, was like, you just got to go for it. Um, mm-hmm. And... I think you'll very quickly realize, like, if you are a young person who's been dating or in the dating world, like, mm-hmm. I always say, we didn't date at Vanderbilt, so, like, my boy interaction there was, like... Yeah, I don't think people date in college. They do at my sister's school, Really? I feel like. like, go on actual dates or, like, I don't you know, know, they just all consistently hook up? Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, people had boyfriend and girlfriends at Lafayette, so, yeah. Okay, but Vandy, rarely people had boyfriends. It was a lot of just, love the one you're with. Yeah. Um... I would say, like, don't be afraid of the dating apps. Like, Mm -hmm. they can be really scary. But that was really a way for me to know that whoever I'm going to go on this date with, like, looked for a woman. Like, because it's hard to go out into the world. And, like, I would never go to a gay bar on my own. And I didn't Mm -hmm. have a lot of gay friends, especially in Atlanta. So it wasn't like I was going to meet someone in the wild. Yeah. Um, Because it's hard. It's like if you're at a bar, it's like, okay, you might find that girl pretty. But it's like, well, how do you know? Yeah. And almost all my girlfriends, yeah, all of them, we've been like the gay girl in a group of straight friends. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, like the L word packs of lesbians exist, but they're (laughs) not like as easy to find as you might think. Yeah. Um, And then I would say coming out to people, like having, um, just having a plan in place if it's not going to go well, like go into it optimistic, Mm -hmm. but you have to kind of like protect yourself. Um, I knew like that everything will be fine with my family, but I'm really thankful that I was like financially stable, emotionally stable, all of those things that like had something gone wrong with my family. I would have continued my life in Atlanta and my life would have changed in the way that it's really sad that I don't have a family relationship Mm -hmm. anymore, but my, my life wouldn't have like catastrophically changed um, so, you know, if you're, you're younger, you're really young, it's, it's, it's hard and, and be careful, I guess is what yeah. I would say. Like if you know your family is going to have a tough reaction, um, maybe put some safeguards in place. And I know for me, I've always had parents, parents, friends who I feel like sometimes your parents, good friends know more about you than your parents do mm-hmm. or will admit more to you. Yeah. Um, I have a, a family friend who always said to me like, if you never ever need anything, I'm here. And I always like wonder now that I'm older, like, did she mean that like yeah. I could Have come you after asked her? her? No, and I should, because she would totally love to talk yeah. about it. Um, but I think that having an adult ally, if you're young mm-hmm. and you're worried about your parents. Yeah. And I thank you for everything you've shared, but specifically that, because coming from someone with the, I mean, it's like 
I'm, I'm obviously not a male, but like white male privilege, it's straight privilege. God, straight <laughs> privilege. I've never thought about the circumstances of being cut off from a family in the financial and like support aspect. Yeah. Like I, I've thought, oh, that would be very difficult if you're from a very, you know, specific type of family who doesn't support that type of life. But I've never thought of like the next step of, oh, well, you're now responsible for yourself. Right. And I, I don't I won't be able to quote the statistic, but mm-hmm. um, teen homelessness, like a huge percentage of that is yeah. the LGBT community. So it is true that like there as I can't even imagine it as a parent. But, you know, there are parents who are like, OK, well, if this is the truth about you, then yeah, you're not in, in our family or whatever anymore. Um, Mind blowing to me mind-blowing and then my positive side to it will be that people are hugely receptive like uh they love you for you if you have people Mm -hmm. in your life who love you and the if you are financially dependent on someone um the only thing that you know you can take away from your parents is your presence so Mm -hmm. if you are um financially dependent like i said you have to be careful but if you aren't like me if my parents had reacted poorly, the only thing they're losing is is my love and my, my mm-hmm. presence in their lives. So if you are an older person, maybe in your 20s with a job, you have to know that, that like they love you and they want to have you in their lives. And if they do have a negative reaction, you might have to step back and say like, well, you know, I have to take care of myself and I'm going to support myself with my family. And I mean, my, my friends are be- basically become my family. Mm-hmm. And then really the only thing you you withhold or hold over your parents heads is your presence and just hold firm to if they want your presence then they have to accept what what that comes with it which yeah. is your sexuality i totally agree and then i usually ask this in the beginning but we got we dove into a lot but what would you say your favorite characteristic about yourself is hmm. my mom is in health coaching well she's finished now she's mm-hmm. And she makes us, I can't just answer any question. Gosh, I have to like go into a story. But I, That's why I asked them. Don't worry. Um, I don't want a one-word answer. But she made us on Christmas Eve uh, play with these flashcards that are like character strengths. Mm-hmm. So we all have character strengths and like there's 20 of them and we all have them, mm-hmm. but they rank them for you like one through 20 and you can take this quiz online and okay. it's really fun. Um, but my number one strength was forgiveness. Really? That's and amazing. I, yeah, I'm kind of leaning into that lately. Um, I was going to say honesty that. is like my favorite characteristic about myself, but um, honesty can get me into trouble. I think mm-hmm. forgiveness is a little more powerful than honesty. Forgiveness is an amazing trait to have. It's something I'm actively working on. Yeah. So you don't hold grudges at I all? I don't hold grudges with the caveat being if you like offended my girlfriend, I'd probably hold a grudge against you. But okay. you could offend me up and down, and I'd be like, all right, it's all right. We'll wow. move on. Because... I don't know what it is. I've just know that's just who I am as a person. Um, that's amazing. That's very admirable. Well, don't worry, because humble was my least high characteristic. <laughs> <laughs> I was number twenty. I want to take this quiz. Yeah, please um, do. And bringing it back to food, what would you say the top three ways to your heart through food are? Oh, meat okay. and cheese. And she's like, yeah, an amazing. Everyone knows this. An amazing charcuterie board. But actually, I would say before that, um, fresh like cut fries like boardwalk fries with mm-hmm. skin on flaky sea salt give me that where are your favorite fries in philly that's a great question i don't or know anywhere or anywhere is there a place in the world yeah i can think of jct kitchen in atlanta like they're okay. like these truffle parm fries 
and I always if if truffle parm fries are like on the menu, mm-hmm. I order them without. You're a truffle girl. Yeah. Well, yes. And I no. actually hate the. I hate truffle. I'm well, like, so here's the thing: because few. I order them anywhere, but then I'm like living up to this. Yeah. High standard of just J C D Kitchen in Atlanta, they never live up. But mm, that would that be like my sense. dream. That would be like my dream fry. <laughs> okay. There's a lot of good French fries in Atlanta. Um, and then yeah, second would probably be a really good charcuterie board. Mm-hmm. With like, can I say more things with it? Like yeah, a go. crisp glass of rosé outside, mm-hmm. seventy-five to seventy-eight perfect. degrees. Set the scene. Yeah, <laughs> I'm there with you. <laughs> yeah, that's like a perfect. I could be with like my mortal enemy and like enjoy that moment. Okay. Um, and then third, hmm. Well, I really love Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> I do too. I really love it. Yeah. It was my favorite, like, it's my favorite meal, and it was growing up, and when I first was talking, like, I think the first day I ever talked to Amy, mm-hmm. I asked her what her favorite meal was, and when she said Thanksgiving dinner, I was like, Sold. Wow. I love you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you make it outside of Thanksgiving? Because isn't it funny that we don't? I don't. I think about that sometimes. I think for my blog, I've done a couple of, like, plays on Thanksgiving dinner, mm-hmm. trying to help the fight up or whatever, um, but growing up my mom had three aunts who never got married and lived together like in their childhood mm-hmm. home for their entire lives and so yeah so they like when the nieces and nephews would come they would do anything we wanted and mm-hmm. I like what a jerk I requested Thanksgiving dinner every time I went but like honestly I'm kind of surprised if you think about it like okay so what do you what's your like Thanksgiving plate look like because I can think of mine and it's not like that outrageous so just make on a given day no so you could do it easily if you did, like, like you could... Like, pick your favorites, and I'm not asking you to cook for 20 people, you know? Right. So, it, obviously turkey. Well, yeah. But, like, you could you could logistically roast a turkey breast. Like, cook some mashed potatoes. Cook some mashed potatoes, or do, like, a roasted sweet potato. I love, like, Brussels sprouts with mine. Yeah, I have to have Brussels sprouts. Um, and then, like, make a stuffing. Stuffing is so easy. So easy, yeah. Like, I'm going to start doing that. I got really good. I had to do stuffing and mashed potatoes for three thanks- Friendsgivings this year. Mm-hmm. So I, like, started, like, I could really, my mom used to complain about making mashed potatoes for us when we were little kids. Like, they're not that hard. No, I host a, thanks- a Friendsgiving for 20 people, and I cook all the food. Oh, wow. um, it's I guess I've done it for five years now. It's kind of like where Freckled Foodie started, honestly. And I love it so much. Did you do a whole turkey? Um, I have, yes. In the beginning, I did just the turkey breast bone in because I didn't it, – it's honestly the biggest issue is logisticals mm-hmm. of getting everything in the oven Yeah. in one apartment. Yeah. Fortunately, my sister lives next door, so like I've used hers to store things to keep them hot. But the past few years, I've done a whole turkey, but I spatchcock it. Okay. Because I love crispy skin. Now you're making me think that I think I'll do a Thanksgiving-esque dinner soon. But I'll do yes. a spatchcock chicken because I think it's just easier. I think it's easier too. And um, I actually like chicken better than turkey, I yeah. think. Yeah. I think so too. Turkey's dry. Yeah. I got a lot of flack on my Instagram one time for like saying that I love turkey. Mm, people. Yeah. Don't complain about anything. <laughs> yeah, but I do. I love turkey sandwiches even if they're dry. Yeah. I love your unwitches. Oh, thank you. They're so impressive. Thanks. Um, well, thank you so much for being on the show and, you know, not only being on the show, but being so open about a topic that a lot of people aren't. So I really appreciate it. And I think you probably helped a lot of people. And I can say that with certainty that you helped a lot of people, but you also opened my eyes to parts of the conversation that I just never even thought of. So thank you. Well, thank you for having me. Of course. Now let's go try and get into Zaha. Yeah. <laughs> 
Thank you all so much for listening to today's episode of Freckled Foodie and Friends. I thoroughly hope you enjoyed it. If you could be so kind, I would greatly appreciate a rate and or review on whatever platform you use to listen to your podcast. Currently, this one's available on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please subscribe to make sure you're up to date with new episodes coming at you every Friday morning. If once a week isn't enough of me, please follow along on my most active social channel, Instagram. Find me, my unedited videos, recipes, random rants, and info for all my other social channels on there at Freckled Foodie.